Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. We'll get to Elliot Friedman momentarily. We just had Gaetan Haas on the show. He said he likes skiing. And what did you say to me, Brendan? I said, boy, I don't know if the team's going to like him participating in that. And then we had a subsequent conversation. There was a very famous incident that uh, changed how organizations dealt with players skiing, specifically in the offseason, and it was with Jim Longboard, the pitcher for the uh, Red Sox, who won the 1967 uh, Cy Young. He tore all his knee ligaments skiing uh, that uh, that winter, and a lot of organizations put caveats in their uh, respective contracts for players for off-ice activities. One of our themes, it's our last show with Elliot Freeman, but I want to make him laugh to start. One of our themes today. Which uh, Canadian team do you dislike the most? Uh, and I gotta read this text from Brian because he, I think he's got the trifecta going. Brian says, Bob, I hate Toronto number one because they think they're the center of the universe. I hate Calgary second because I'm 58 years old. I've watched the wars and I've hated Calgary my whole life. I hate Vancouver number three because their fans are arrogant because they were finishing top of the league but they never won anything. Uh, then number four, I hate Montreal because of the whole French thing. Ouch. Uh, it goes on to say, I like Ottawa and I like Winnipeg. The whole French thing. Brian, I'm going to tell you right now, he, and he said it's hard for him to hate Vancouver because his family's got a farm up near the Schmeels, up in, uh, I believe that's up in St. Paul, and uh, Stan Schmeels a good guy. Just on the French thing, if, if you wanted a, a real good handle that'll make you chuckle, the book is called Why I Hate Canadians. It is written by Canadian humorist and travel writer Will Ferguson. It's one of the funniest books ever written. I'm sure Elliot Friedman knows what the hell I'm talking about right now. Hi, Elliot. How are you? I'm good, Bob. That was pretty clever, i got to say. Yeah, that was pretty clever. Have you uh, read, read that book by Will Ferguson? No, I know exactly which one it is, but I've never read no. There's a there's a chapter where he talks about the relationship between Quebec and the rest of the country, and it is the funniest thing. I, like it's just it's so true. I I, I I'm gonna have him on the show this summer. I gotta get him on the show because he's a really. Do you good remember one. when um, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog ripped Quebec? Yes. Okay, so that summer he went to Just for Laughs, Robert Smigel, the guy, and Triumph. And, and which I is went, in Montreal, which is in Montreal. Yes. And I flew to, like, I flew to Montreal. I bought a ticket. I went. It was awesome. It was an incredible show. And part of the show was, okay, now I'm going to, I told you why I hate Quebec. Now I'm going to tell you why I hate the rest of Canada. And he put up a map of Canada with all the different provinces. And he got to Alberta. And he said, do you know why the Calgary Stampede is so popular? And the audience is like, why? And he goes, because it's the stampede of people who want to leave Alberta. Oh, my God, were people dying. It was funny stuff, man. I love that stuff. Like, when people go to Canada and just rip it for all different reasons, I just start laughing. you got to have a little bit of fun, right? Like, when a, mm-hmm. when a team color guy flies to Montreal and talks about how great the fans are and said mm-hmm. he's going to like coming to Montreal even more when Quebec taxpayers start sending 
10 to $11 billion a year to Alberta in terms of equalization payments. All the while, Alberta's doing things like vetoing hydroelectric, hydro-Quebec plans in, uh, in, in Quebec. Uh, well, of course, you have to bring the politics in. Oh, I would never do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Come on. What do you think I am, a, a politician out of Ottawa that screams at Eugene Melnick for no reason? <laughs> oh, my God. Can you believe that? That's funny. You know, I I don't have a lot of time for Lisa McLeod. Like, you know, she she was in Toronto. She's she's complaining that parents fighting for her kids are being rude to her. And she accosts Melnick at a concert. I mean, it takes a real, like, you have to be really low on the totem pole to be in a position where you do something and Eugene Melnick comes out looking like the good guy. I just said it. It's, it's unbelievable. That is hard to do. All right, Elliot, you were the guy teasing and leading all week on Sebastian Aho receiving uh, an RFA offer. I, ju- I just had a feeling. Like, you know, I, I, I had a feeling. Like, there was just, you know, I, I you have to be careful. Like, you know, Bob, I didn't come right out and say it because I wasn't 100% sure, but a lot of information was trending in that direction now there's there's a few things out of that number one uh, someday we're going to find out but there's a sense that montreal's first target was really braden point who was also a uh, jerry johansson client saying or agent represents yes. both players um there is a belief that point was the first was the first target and that he was not willing to do it and if you look at braden point He's made it very clear he wants it to work out in Tampa Bay. And I think at some point in time, they will work it out. You know, you just have to get there. But there's there, there's at least a belief that that's what Montreal wanted to do. And it just didn't work because, you know, point, that's not the road you wanted to go down. And so then they did it with Aho. And, you know, there's a lot to unpack about it. Like, first of all, I'm happy the Canadians did it. Like, it's great that it happened. I agree. We need this. Like, you know, you look at NBA free agency and and all the plane tracking with with Kawhi Leonard, there's an entertainment value to that. And, you know, NHL free agency, it tends to be crazy right at noon Eastern on on the first. And then, but there's, and with all the signings come in, but this was different. And, it you know, it, it threw a bit of a lightning bolt through the sport. And I like that. Now, I don't think, like, the thing is, what all these teams learned is, Bob, you're, you're not half pregnant. You're either not getting pregnant or you're getting pregnant. The Canadians were half pregnant. They went to a limit, but they weren't willing to hit the upper deck home run. If you're going to do an offer sheet, you've got to hit the upper deck home run. Right. And Dundon said, not a chance. And, you know, they're matching it. Well, he said they um, intend to match. Well, I think they're going to take the. Uh, I shouldn't say I think that. It looks like they're going to take the full time and right? make and delay Montreal and a little bit of games. Yeah, I don't, I don't know way. how much. I don't know how much it really delays them, but you know, at least they're going to hold. They're going to wait, but they're going to match it. Like that's that's going to happen. I think you know the big winner out of it is awful, because what I think was going on was, from what I understand about Carolina, the offer to him was eight years and seven and a half million and Dundon was not willing to budge on the term. Like they wanted an eight year deal. And the thing that Aho really gains out of it 
is now he's a UFA in five years. The player is the big winner. He will be an unrestricted free agent three years sooner than Carolina would have liked. And they did admit they didn't like the term. But other than that, they just didn't make it a poison pill enough to get the player. Yeah, we had Jerry on the show, uh, Elliot, on Tuesday afternoon, uh, second hour. Uh, and it, it was pretty interesting because I saw as Jerry, as you know, on Saturday night. And um, he admitted it really came, it really took off during the course of, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning type situation. So let me ask you this. Elliot yep. Freeman joining us for the River Cree Resort and Casino. Elliot, uh, do you believe there will be, because I know that there's been a couple, uh, Dave Pagnota uh, has, now Dave puts a lot of stuff out, but Dave has said that he believes there's going to be another... Dave off- has good sources. He's like, got some good... Yourself. That's what I mean. He put, he's yeah. got good sources. Do you believe mm-hmm. there's going to be another offer sheet? I think there are teams that have been weighing. Um, here's the issue I, I've heard with Marner, okay? Marner does not want to sign for long-term. And I get it. Like, look, Matthews is going to make another big deal in five years. The cap, everybody's being told to expect the cap is going up in two years. Yep. So some guys are not locking in for eight. Okay? I don't think Marner wants to lock in for long, long, long term. I believe that there is a team out there that wanted to offer Sheet Marner even before all the rumors came out today. But the issue was they wanted term. And Marner was and his and his group weren't interested in signing for term, and I think that's part of the problem. Like this still might happen, but from what I understand, Marner doesn't want term, and that's an issue in at least one of these cases. Hmm. Now, the one everybody's talking about today is the Islanders. I have really heard Bob mix things on this. Yes, I've heard some people say it's total BS. It's not happening. But other people say, look out, it could happen. So there's a very wide split on this one today. The best information I can give you in terms of what I've heard is I believe there was another team that was interested in doing it this week. And the issue that they had was they did not want to, if they were going to do the offer sheet, they didn't want to have to go through this again in two or three years. Right. So you could do a two or three. Or I should say, in a shorter term. Yes. I shouldn't say the exact number because I wasn't sure the exact number. Okay. Here. Elliot Friedman joining us. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. Now, Elliot, we get texts every day. How come the Oilers aren't in on Ryan Zingle? How come Ryan Zingle isn't signed yet? Uh, what's going on with Marcus Johansson? What's going on with Michael Furland? So those three free agents up front, I mean, we won't get into the defense because Edmonton's not bringing it. The Oilers, I still believe, are going to find a way to have one, if not two more forwards potentially in the mix. I'm just not sure yep. they're both going to be brought aboard via uh, UFA status, so maybe a trade or something like that. Um, can you verify, did, did Zingle actually get a five-year offer from Ottawa north of, like, was it five times five out of Ottawa? And he it was that? something like that. Wow. I heard five times five. Wow. I heard six times five. And uh, like it's been a rough one for him. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, you know, when when he got traded, the Ottawa was weighing and he was weighing an extension somewhere in that neighborhood. Wow. And now, like, there just isn't, and it didn't go well for him in Columbus. Nope. 
and now he's going to have to stay, take a step back and and try again, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Furland, I, I've heard there still is some pretty legit interest in Furland. And it's just a matter of, you know, wrestling it out kind of thing. Who would be, in the, mi- who would be in the mix? Who makes sense on Furland? Oof. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to lie to you, Bob. Since the first, I've kind of been Still relaxing back. a bit. Yep. So I don't want to guess because I'm not sure. But I've heard that I, I, I legitimately heard from another team that they heard that there were like three or four teams in there. Yep. Um, Johansson, I, part of me was surprised he didn't end up in Columbus. I, I heard it was between Columbus and Buffalo. Somebody told me, don't go down the road with Buffalo. It's not there anymore. Okay. And I heard Columbus. But I wonder if that's just Columbus doesn't want to go where Johansson wants to go. Like, if you look at Nyquist, they got Nyquist on a good deal for both player and team, four times five and a half, right? Yeah. So if Johansson wants more than that, I can, I can see Columbus saying, yeah, we don't want to do that. Uh, the Oilers were in on Wayne Simmons, but they were in low on Wayne Simmons, like in the threes. He signed a one-year yeah. deal with New Jersey for five. New Jersey's yeah. also brought in P.K. Subban, and New Jersey has a John Tavares-esque piece in Taylor Hall that needs to make yeah. a decision. So we're basically a year out. What percentage do you think Taylor Hall will go to market right now? I think we'll have a better idea of that in the fall. Okay. You know, I think New Jersey met with him. Um, you know, he knew about the Subban deal. And the Simmons deal. Of course. Yep. But I thought it was more interesting he knew about the Subban deal. Yep. I think they met the week before the draft. I think they laid out their plan. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I wondered if New Jersey would be an offer sheet team. Like, somebody has once told me that, like, Ray Shiro, and they said this is a compliment. He's kind of sneaky, aggressive. I wondered if they would do it. You know, to this point, no, obviously. Um, you know, I I still think that they might do more, um, potentially. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I, think, I think the Devils are into this with eyes wide open, right? Yeah. Like, they want to keep Taylor Hall. I think they're going to make him a big offer. And, you know, the one thing that I really believe about Hall um, Bob is that he wants to play somewhere where it's exciting. And he told me that when they went to the playoffs, he loved it. He said it was everything you could want. The building was alive. It was fun to play. And even though they lost in five games to Tampa, he got that taste and, and that was what he wanted. And it, he was like, it was. It, it may have been New Jersey, which to some people would not be the biggest, but for him, because they were in the playoffs, he saw what it was like. He loved it. I think if he if they can convince him that they can keep doing that, and the roster around him can keep doing that, I think he's willing to listen. I just I just think you know he's he's. I think he's on vacation now. I think they'll we'll know in the fall. When he gets back and he takes yeah. stock, I mean, the one thing, though, Bob, is that division's going to be brutal. Oh, yeah. 
But they got like, you, you look at it though, there is no team better position. Like they're in the best spot. They're only at like sixty one million right now in the cap and and so you know, like they got Zaka, who they got to get uh, qualified, and then or, well, all of a so, sudden they've got Hughes. They've got two number one picks. Yeah, they've got PK, and you know, I got to tell you, like I know a lot of people aren't big fans of PK. If you got him, and you if you got him as a free agent, you you were told you were getting him at three times nine, you'd take it. Oh yeah, yeah, and he might so, be exactly. I, I mean, just like the point is, they can add another forward, and they have so much money expiring. Like, if they have to, they could trade Votnin at some point during the year to a team that's deficient on the right side. Uh, you know, both Andy Green and Votnin's contracts expire at the end of this year. Obviously, a one-year deal for Simmons. Hall's I like de- that deal, too. I like that. Oh, the Simmons deal is an awesome deal. I can't believe he it's took it. It's a great deal. I can't believe he took it. He's betting on himself. Well, you know what that said to me? He didn't like the term offers he was getting. Yeah. Absolutely. Elliot, one final one for you. And we got James Myrtle coming up. We're having fun today. You know, which Canadian team do you hate the most for our listeners? This is difficult for me to say. I cannot believe to date how well the Maple Leafs organization has managed all the balls that were in. It's got to be. I mean... You know, they somehow they found a home for Nikita Zaitsev. I guess it cost him Connor Brown. I assume they're walking away from Cody Cece after this year. I've we'll al- see how he plays, right? I've always liked Tyson Berry. Uh, you can't deny what he's done over the last couple of years in Colorado. It, it, with him and uh, you know, Morgan Riley, they've got two of the top seven scoring defensemen in the league the last two years. And they now, once you factor in the uh, the LTIR money, on uh, Nathan Horton, they're going to be able to make this thing work, are they not? Well, they, they can. They put themselves in position to do it. Like, I think the Marner situation is complicated. I, I, I just think that there's, there's a lot of negative energy, and uh, I don't know if bad blood's the right word, but at the very least, it's, it's taken its toll on the relationships involved. Like, if Marner's back, and I've always believed he's coming back until told otherwise, they're going to have to fix some stuff here. There's, there's no question about that. Now, I don't think it means you can't, but uh, they're going to have to fix that relationship. I mean, it's, it's taken its toll on everyone involved, the emotions of the case. One more for you. Yeah. Winnipeg, because we're getting textures on Winnipeg. What happens with Line and Connor? I mean, I'll th- I think they're going to sign them. But, again, like, you know, on paper – you know, the, the worst thing about the salary cap in the, in the league is, look, Winnipeg drafted and developed right, you should be rewarded for that. Winnipeg's getting punished for it. Like, on paper, they're a worse team yes. than the team that finished the year. Right? Yeah, and they won two games in the playoffs. Yeah, like, I mean, Truba is a loss. Hayes, um, Hayes, even though he wasn't great there, loss for them, right? Yeah, you know, and Myers, like I know that guy took a beating. He was a loss for them. He, yeah. you know, like he was a good player for them. You know, I, I think they'll get those guys done, but I think the biggest challenge is how do you fix what you've lost? Fair comment, Elliot. By the way, just before I let you go, like just I, I don't know if it's it, it, it's going to happen, but I'm. I'm 
There's been some increase in uh, Ron Francis chatter with Seattle. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes, Bob. Classy guy. Absolute. No one's ever debated that. And nothing got out of Carolina when he was there. Of course, now. Yeah, I always hated that about him. And now the owner does the majority of the negotiations, as we all know. Elliot, uh, so this concludes um, the 2018-19 season. Um, I'll have my people talk to your people, okay? Yeah, okay. If you want me back, I'll be back. <laughs> well, they, hey, the listeners want you back more than they want me back. Trust me. Well, they're smart. Like they're, I've always felt that. Yep, and just think, today you're my second favorite guy that we're going to have on the show from Toronto, James Burgle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, have a great, great summer, Elliot, okay? Hey, Bob, you have a great summer too, guy. And have a great, hey, fans of Edmonton, guys, have a great summer. Speak to you in September. Bob, take good care of yourself, man. Yeah, say hi to Max. See you later. Yeah, you too, bud. Bye-bye. That's Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. We're going to take a quick break. Brendan Escott will have the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott with you as well, alongside Dayton Abbott here. Bob stepping out uh, momentarily. We'll bring him back to talk to James Myrtle coming up after a global news weather traffic update. But right now, we want to dive into the Oilers Now audio vault. It is brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Last night on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, Oilers prospect and uh, second-round pick Tyler Benson uh, joined Reed, and he had this to say about his 2018-19 campaign, a breakout campaign for the youngster. Yeah, no, it was a great, great year all around. I mean, um, I mean uh, that uh, 17 game win streak we had this year is pretty special. Um, uh, it was a lot of fun to be a part of that, and then even all the success we had all year long. It was a great team to be around. We had a great group of guys, and I mean, just showing up to the rink every day uh, is enjoyable. Uh, we had fun this year, and um, we had a really tight group, which uh, made this year awesome. And uh, for me personally, I thought I had a great year. Um, really happy with how it went, and I uh, just wanted. To, I guess just have a really strong year just um, to start my pro career. I'm happy with how it went, and I just want to continue with uh, training this summer to try and make another step forward in my career. Benson then went on to talk about his desire to go out and train in camp and battle for a roster spot. Well, my mindset uh, going into camp is I want to earn a spot. Uh, that's why I'm training right now. That's uh, why I'm working so hard this summer. It's uh, so I can play in the NHL and uh, start to become a full-time player for the Oilers um that, that's my dream and uh, that's that's what I, that's where I want to be uh, come September and October there you go that's Tyler Benson and there's one more that I want to get to uh here off of Reed Wilkins's show last night Curtis Lazar of course spent quite a bit of time in this city uh, with the Oil Kings drafted in the first round I believe of 2013 by Ottawa and he's uh, he's been spinning the tires in his uh, pro hockey career by his own admission spending last year in Calgary now signing in Buffalo but he had some interesting thoughts on the importance of young players if they need it taking that time down in the AHL it was much needed for myself to kind of take that step back. Obviously, it's uh, you know it, it's a tough thing to do because, like I said, as everybody wants to be at the the best level they can be, but uh, allowing myself to you know settle into Stockton, play, like I said, play big minutes, and you know just kind of feel good about my game again. It, it was much needed, and I mean the grand scheme of things, I'm still only 24. I I've, I feel like I've been around the block uh, you know once or twice, and I know all the ins and outs of the game, and uh, I still got a lot of hockey ahead of me. I'm just turning in my prime years here. Curtis Lazar in the Direct Workwear Audio Vault. Brendan Escott, 
Date Nabbit and Bob Stoffer will be back with James Myrtle on the other side of a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.